Ladies and gentlemen, I gladly introduce to you the engineering mistress, your porn princess, the real defender of gender equality, La Boricua Bella, Mercedes Carrera. Rapunzel Garcia, you are. What's that? Rapunzel Garcia, you are. Rapunzel Garcia, I know. You know what? My hair has actually gotten very, very long. Oh, careful. You know, they'll scalp you if uh, you use your hair as a lace front. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I am. I'm here, and I am doing in the black mold of West Valley Detention Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, just illegally detained on fake warrant, which you can see on my website, freemercedestorah.com. Uh, nothing happens within the system. You know, people ask me, well, what, what are they doing for your case? Or what are your lawyers doing? And the answer is nothing and nothing. Mm. Uh, this is like, it's kind of like being in the Soviet system, except in the Soviet system, they would bring you in, they tortured you. They would, they would get a, a, a false confession out of you, and then they would sentence you to 10 years in the gulag. Mm. Here, they just illegally detain you on fake warrants and then leave you in jail and hope that you'll plead out to a confession. So it's kind of the same thing. It's torture by a different means. But I'm being tortured with uh, bad food, bad company, and bad television. Yeah. So it's, it's a different form of, like, sensory deprivation, or I guess sensory overload, mm-hmm. you could say. Um, so that's what's happening. But while I have a- access to the phone, figured we talk. Thank you for making this possible for me. Uh, you know, we've had some you know, political conversations right prior to this. And, you know, I most of the people, you know, I'm a Republican. Most of the people I talk to are Republicans. And I have a, a distinct, I have a, a distaste in my mouth for Trump this time around. You know, the first time around, I remember Gavin, Gavin McKinnis asking me to get on the Trump train. And I was thinking, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I kind of want to see what he does, right? Yeah. And... What concerns me, what really concerns me this time around with him, is look at all these people who've been arrested for this January 6th event, and he has not, in any form, gone to bat for any of them. Not even a little bit. Now, as somebody who's inside of jail, I'm going to tell you right now that one thing you don't want to be, and I have this on good authority, one thing you don't want to be is a white male Republican going to prison. And that's what most of those guys are. 
And I'm going to tell you another thing. It doesn't matter. You can be a Republican in jail or in prison. You could you could go to the cops and be like, hey, but I'm one of you. It doesn't matter. They're conditioned to shoot. You're not going to get any brownie points with the people in charge. If you're like, hey, but, but you like Trump and I like Trump, but we're the same. They're like, fuck you. You're an inmate. Or fuck you. You're a convict. You're a convict. Get back in line. And the people that you're housed with, if you're a white male Republican, are going to treat you like shit. And you were just telling me that some of them, you know, they're already, they're already reports of, of them being treated like shit in there. That's not a mm-hmm. surprise. That's not a surprise. Now, here's Trump, who, I mean, we're, he has billions of dollars, right? He has a penthouse apartment dipped in gold. Where is he in this process? Because everybody's bowing down and kissing his ring, like he's El Chapo. But I don't see him paying any attorney bills trying to keep these guys out of prison. So he's letting everyone take a fall for him. Now, actually, he considers it some form of loyalty under the assurance that he's going to get an office. Which, at this point, I don't, I see very, very, to be very improbable. Very improbable. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's, so this is something that, to me, is a really big problem. And I don't understand why everybody is so hell-bent on this guy who is this extreme chaos maker in the party when, and you can look this up for me, somebody said that he said that we should give Putin what he wants. Now, look, my first, my first uh, husband was a, was a Yugoslav. I had a good exposure, not good amount of exposure to like Eastern Europeans and Russians perhaps. That's just, that's just a peripheral understanding. But here's the thing. Vladimir Putin is the most dangerous and probably at this point the most powerful person on the planet. Because unlike our politicians, he's not bound by any rules or procedures. Like in Vladimir Putin is a, he is a trinity. He is a, a triune of the Russian mafia, the Russian military, and FSB, which is like their secret service. Or CIA. And he can do whatever the hell he wants. And he's smarter than any of our politicians. That's a fact. So to say something as dangerous or as damaging, hey, let's give this guy whatever he wants. That is the most idiotic statement I've ever heard. Because if you don't have an adequate amount of fear for Vladimir Putin, you're basically saying, hey, you know what, let's roll over and have the same standard of living as El Salvador. Because that's what impoverished, so that Russia can be a grand new, because you can't have both. You can't have a grand new Russia and also have American hegemony. Hmm. They cannot coexist. So Trump's running around thinking it's like the art of the deal, like, oh, I could just talk to Putin, we'll just sit down and we'll just hash out a deal. That's idiotic. That is, that attitude is the same attitude that FDR went into, uh, into talking to to Stalin with, and it's part of the reason, it's part of the reason that we had the Cold War. Actually, there's more than that. It's part of the reason that Stalin was able to continue to massacre hundreds of, you know, tens of millions of people, at minimum, and annex all of Eastern Europe. Underestimating the Russians is a very bad thing. I don't think Americans understand. They don't understand what's happening, and you cannot be an isolationist. 
person and also say, oh, I'm going to make America great again. We have a standard that is so superb because we are part in, of a global, if you cut the ties to that global network, then our standard of living, I live in essentially a communist right now. That's what Jay lives. I have access to very few things. I do not have access to large assets. And as a result, it is terrible. It's horrible. I get the mat that they give me. I get the fine toilet paper that they allow me. I only get as much as they allow me to have. I get the food that, when I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I get my commissary order, and I'm only allowed to have the items that they allow me to purchase. That is communism. And that's what happens. I don't think that Trump understands his own foreign policy. And I don't think that the Trump supporters understand what he's saying with that. He's saying, hey, give, give Putin what he wants. Putin's like, great. I'm going to create a new czarist empire. And I'm going to take over Eastern Europe and the entire Caucasus. And I'm, I'm going to, with China's help, edge America out of, of its hegemony with the petrodollar. And fuck you and fuck your Western That's Putin's thing. Well, um, you know, as someone that was uh, in Washington, D.C., a lot of those people, which kind of was getting me, getting me annoyed, were all these evangelicals because they kept saying yeah. that he he was chosen by God. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, look, I, I, I support Trump, but I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like well, and, and, sweetie, no, <laughs> no. And here's a here's a twice divorced here's a twice divorced New York businessman who cheated on his third wife with a prostitute. Yeah, and not even and a evangelical good, thing. Not even a good looking not, one. <laughs> and, on. and and he was chosen by 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 God. I got a bridge to sell you. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if if anyone was chosen by God, it was probably Vladimir Putin. I, I no, I don't know. I mean, I have when it when it comes <laughs> to just, him, him, you know, him, he, he, he fucks he, pro, he fucks you, prostitutes too. So, <laughs> but but I'm telling you, he's a, he's a more he's a more hardcore religious. Like, it's, here's the story: he went to Israel, mm-hmm. and he he viewed a hostel that was that was built by so. The Tsarina Alexandra had a sister, and her husband built a uh, a very fine chapel. I think the name of it in in Israel, mm-hmm. and built a hostel that was attached to it, and it was owned by I can't remember who it was owned by. It was owned by I think not not the Greek Orthodox Church, not by Russia. And when Vladimir Putin went to Jerusalem. He saw it and he broke down in tears. So eventually, Russia came to own this chapel again. So he's a far more religious man. Do I think he was chosen by God? No, I think that we make our own fate. You know, fortune favors the bold. And America has the standard of living it has had. Because we have, for the last 70 years, traversed all over the globe and pointed guns other countries that, and Americans don't understand that if we change our foreign policy, that their standard of living is going to flip to that of 
around the rest of the Americas, and they're not going to like it. So they're running around saying, well, we want to make America great again. Well, okay. Then you're, you know what? You want to live in isolationism. You're going to have the standard of living that most of the rest of the Americas have. Go travel to Latin America. See what their standard of living is like and see if you like it. Hmm. Hey, I didn't make the rules here. Hmm. There's only so much resource on the planet. This is not a forward, you know, even even the, the motto, Make America Great Again, is backward-looking. It's not forward-looking. It's not creating solutions. It's a nostalgic motto. And that's not a motto that makes, that creates we have a different situation on the planet right now than we did 50 years ago, than we did 70 years ago, than we did 30 years ago, right? So we need new solutions, new solutions to these current problems. But a solution is not, hey, let's let's give Vladimir Putin what he wants. I mean, unless the rest of America would like to live how I live right now, which is, hey, here's your single-ply toilet paper. You have a choice between one and two different forms of mattress and a crap. You can live on ramen noodles and hard bread hmm. and you get meat once a week. Do you guys want to live like that? Does that sound fun? I can't say <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean I can't I can't eat meat all the time anymore <laughs> for my health, but you know, that's that's besides right. the point. They don't understand the networks that they live in. And look, a lot of these networks have be, become very detrimental to our society. Like, for example, China. Okay, let's take China. Mm-hmm. China has nine, twelve, four, maybe four and a half times as many people as we. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they only have only about twelve, thirteen percent. I think you'd have to look it up of their country is arable land. So a lot of what they get from us, a lot of what they purchase, is food. They give us finished products. A lot of the finished products they give us are crap, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, just just boatloads of junk. Yeah, yeah. And they get food, right? They're also right now getting things like steel from Mexico. So they're taking mineral wealth. They're taking mineral wealth out of the ground in the form of food or steel or whatever. And then they're giving us finished crap products. That's pretty smart. Because they have to feed their population. They also have decimated our manufacturing base. That's pretty smart. Now, why are they doing this? They learned their lesson back in the 15th, 16th, 17th centuries. They got into this weird quagmire where they wanted to use silver as a means of currency. So they traded away tons of finished products in order to acquire silver. From the Spanish Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they decimated their silk industries and their porcelain and tea, and they inadvertently, inadvertently, so this is what led to the opium wars. They wanted silver so bad, they acquired silver. Then the British said, oh, well, we don't have silver, but what we do have is opium. And they got them all hooked on opium in order to acquire the silver. <laughs> so they sold them drugs to get silver from them to pay them back for all the silk and tea that they had acquired from them. You see, the British were a bunch of drug dealers. Interesting, right? Yeah. So now, what are the Brits doing to us? Well, everyone's like, oh, we'll have the fentanyl crisis, the fentanyl crisis. Well, where the hell is it coming from? It's coming from China. You see? 
did they learn their their history lesson? We haven't. And I don't hear I don't hear these politicians talking about this. I don't hear any of them saying, "Hey, you know what? Huh. This happened in history. How can we fix this?" Because see, the Chinese learned their lesson. The Russians learned their lesson. The Russians aren't. You know, everyone thinks that the Russians are trying to rebuild the Soviet Empire. They're not trying to. Putin's not trying to to be Stalin. He's trying to be Peter the Great. Hmm. Totally different. Totally different. And this is, you know, it's completely idiotic to compare the two. Ironically, I think the only people who grasp how dangerous Putin is, and I told you this earlier, mm-hmm. are the Clintons. That's why Hillary Clinton gets hysterical about this. <laughs> yeah, but why did she work with them? Right, and that's, see, that's the problem, because that's the problem with politicians. They, they... Uh, I think they try to work with, as a, and you know, look, I mean, George Bush tried to work with Putin too. You have one minute left. I mean, they all tried to work with Putin. Or rather, it could be said Putin tried to work with them. The problem is that there's nobody in government right now saying, hey, you can't. What we need is a strong America. A strong America, a strong military, or we're all going to end up living like, you know, like I live in jail. I mean, look, it's there's still what over a year to the main election, so maybe the Republicans will come out with some of these changes, and I certainly hope they do. Mm-hmm. I really hope they do. I mean, I, what, I, I, everybody I know keeps talking to me about Trump till yeah. they're blue in the face. And I'm, I keep telling them, look, this is a guy who got a, he got a deferment from the military for bone spurs in his ankles. Or heels, I'm sorry. And you really want this guy to go up against a guy who, who, uh, is part of the polar bear club for fun in his 70s. Come on. And he has absolutely no diplomatic ability. None. That's the problem. Here's the issue that I see. How many of those guys quit on top? Five, seven? Mm-hmm. He couldn't retain he couldn't retain chiefs of staff. What does that tell you? Like we don't have time to dick around with this. And and look, I'm telling like right now I'm sure Putin is thinking, this is fantastic. Yeah. I couldn't have crafted this better myself. Yes, yes, go ahead, infight me, you idiots. Meanwhile, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take over the Caucasus. This was his plan. This was his plan to take over the entire Caucasus. Well, the U.S. is infighting, because the U.S. is infighting just like Rome did at the very end. So while we're busy infighting over speakers of the House and then electing some guy who will allow abortion because the fetus isn't viable, I mean, come on, really? What is this, the middle? You've got to be kidding me. And then who are the, the Republicans going to run? DeSantis? The guy who attacked Disney? Oh, yeah, that's viable. And everybody I know hates me for this. But I'm going to say it again. I think the only guy who has a shot is Newton. That's it. But how would he fare in a wartime situation? Here's what I think. And here's here's why I think he's at. Is he gets along along with Europe. He gets along with China. He gets along with China. You have to, California is a big economy. Take a look at the Chinese reaction to him versus the Chinese reaction to Biden. And the Chinese reaction 
to Trump. That's the wedge right there. China is the wedge. That's the big one. And that's what nobody's looking at. Because the reception that Newsom got in China was just light years above the reception that Trump got. What does that say? Same with Biden. I mean, Biden's an embarrassment. He and his son made the Chinese look terrible. Hmm. I really, really think that America needs a president who's going to bring everyone together and this divisiveness is not going to work. I mean, you, I, don't, I don't think people understand how absolutely catastrophic something like prison is for their lives. You've got a president who allowed a bunch of people to go to prison because of an, of an event that he fomented, and he's not doing anything about it. Let that sink in. And he's still insisting, if you're not with me, you're against me. And that's the determinant as to whether or not somebody can even be the Speaker of the House. What does that sound like? Is that leadership? No. I mean, that kind of reminds me of uh, when Bush said, you're either with us or with the terrorist. Like, well, and, and, and you know what? Uh, actually, that is a more fair statement. That is a more fair statement because terrorism, terrorism is at least a line to draw. You know, you can draw a line in the sand on that one, right? Right. You can draw a line in the sand on terrorism. But when you're talking something like, you know, Trump is saying, oh, well, this election was fixed and and, and it's fixed because I say so. Even though the courts say no, D.C. says no, and they're saying he lost, right? Okay. That's how that is. He's not, he's not in the White House. Was it fixed? Well, they're saying it wasn't fixed. Look, fixed elections are as American as apple pie. And if he didn't know that going into D.C., I don't know what to tell him. Pick up a history book. Come on, Trump. Read about Andrew Jackson. He was the first populist president. And, you know, he reminds me a lot of Andrew Jackson in a lot of ways. Mm. Andrew Jackson was very divisive, too. But if he, he if he hasn't read about fixed elections, like, guess what? That's DC all the time. I mean, President Truman wouldn't have even gotten into, you know, basic primaries in his local district if it weren't for the Pendergast machine, who... Was, they were known. They were known for fixing elections. This is what they were known for. Mm. They would they would drop off poor women in different districts to vote multiple times. They would have them change their hats, their their outfits. This was back in the 1940s. Fixed elections are as American as apple pie. Guess what, Trump? You were on the wrong side of it this time. Dolly, welcome to America. Think you really thought that that DC is a fair machine? But you pissed a bunch of people off from 2016 to 2020. Yes, no man is island. So he pissed off the military-industrial establishment. He pissed off the pharmaceutical companies. He pissed off everyone around him, and nobody wanted him. And now he's mad. He's sulking in a corner. This has made everybody mad. So he's unpopular, and now he's pissed off. So now he's trying to use the plebeians to get back in office. And then, on top of it, he uses the plebeians and then they're going to prison for him, and he's not helping them. That's a bunch of crap. That's a bunch of crap. You know? I'm going to have to call you right back. Okay. Okay, bye.
Hi. Sorry about that. Um, you can hear me okay, can't you? Yes. Okay, good. I'm under a very loud television. The TV is literally mounted right above my head, and uh, these idiots here have it on at 100 all the time. So it's, uh, it's a little challenging to hear you, but I don't know who can hear me. No, I can hear you, I can hear you just fine. And what I can do okay, is I perfect. can raise the volume of my microphone in case you can't hear me. Okay, perfect. Good. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, I'm being tortured. Bad television. <laughs> bad food. Bad company. That's, uh, that's county jail for you. Yeah, I mean, like, some of the comments that, like, well, oh, well, she gets to work out all day and... Uh, no, no, yeah. you're actually not allowed to work out. You're not allowed to work out in county jail. Wow, really? If you work out in the day room, you can be disciplined for it. Really? Yeah, con- people don't. This is. I don't know why people think jail is a vacation. It is not a vacation. I am locked in a room, twenty-one hours a day, with somebody else that I did, that they intentionally choose. They try to choose someone that you're not going to get along with. You cannot move. You cannot choose to move. If you ask to move, they will tell you no. You have to get in a physical with the person. In the- Plus, time to add to your sentence. What? Plus, they probably charge you. Yes, exactly. And then you'll get it. And that's how they keep you here. You don't know. You don't get to work out all day. You're, the room that you're in is basically a bathroom and a toilet with bunk beds. It is about six the width of a six-foot cot with about 10 feet, and it's got a toilet in the sink. So you can't do, like, simple, like, push-ups or something like that? You can't. Try working out in a 60-square-foot room with a 400-pound person. Damn, that's how fat she is. What? That's how fat she is? Yeah. Jeez. What's she do? <laughs> no comment. Oof. Okay. I mean, what was she? The boulder in Indiana Jones. <laughs> so, and then the three hours I'm allotted in the day room are to use the phone and to use the shower. Mm-hmm. And the showers are filthy. They're actually clean. We cleaned them the other day. Mm. The only person who is clean here besides me is the Al Salvadorian. Hmm. Are you at least learning some Spanish? Oh, yeah. No, my Spanish is very competent. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, like, people don't understand. This is not a This is not a vacation. Yeah. The, the TV is on at 100 all day. So I've gotten very good at being able to concentrate in spite of it. Hmm. But you don't get whatever food you want. The food is very low quality. It is not a fun place to be. There's constant conflict. These are, this is not like, you know, one thing that really upset me is I read that book by um, Piper something, Orange is the New Black. She made it sound like federal prison was just some fun jail, you know, girls camp. Like it was just a fun, affirming experience. I actually saw the show on, on Netflix. Right. Right. And she, and she, you know, the 
wait and, and look for her because she was only there for I think a little over a year and she was in a minimum security prison. Yeah. And she's a lesbian. So for her it might have been. But for me, at over four and a half years in county jail in San Bernardino County, it has not been. And I think I have a more accurate perception of it. Well, have you started writing your book? No, because you want to start writing things here. Cops will read your cell and they will take you. I had the, co- the cops who raided my cell and took a bunch of my fan mail. Read it out loud. They literally raided my cell and took a bunch of my mail. I hope they were entertained by the shit I wrote. <laughs> I don't know if there's, like, a lot of times, because I get a lot of mail, so I, I try to take it out, you know, and I'll put it on my property, but there's no, nothing's private. You don't right. own anything. So, no, I, I have not. No. I don't know. I wrote some real <laughs> funny shit. I hope, I at least hope the sheriffs are. I hope, I hope so, too. But Come on. privileges in prison would be the place where they, they lock your ass down. You would think so, but that's not how it works. That just sounds ass backwards to me. I mean... It, yeah, it does. But see, here's, here's the system. They put you in here, make you miserable, and say, yes, but if you plead out to these charges, you can go to prison, and prison's a wonderful place where there are bunny rabbits and salad and you know, you just have to plead to these charges, and then you can go there, and there's better food, and you'll get a tablet, and instead of having one set of clothing per week, you can have five sets of clothing. I mean, yeah, people get stabbed over there, but still, mm. at least you'll be out of your cell all day as opposed to being locked in it all day. And yes, you'll be housed with eight idiots as opposed to one idiot. I don't mean to laugh, but you, the way the way you're you're saying it, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, exactly. It's like eight idiots. <laughs> right. But that's how they sell it to you. You sound like me at my last job, like, oh god, I'm surrounded by fucking morons. Well, but but you can take classes up there and you can get your AA. <laughs> oh, really? I could get my whole AA from a community college? Wow. And then after that, when I get out and I realize that I'm a felon and no one will hire me and it's useless. Yeah. Oh, goody. That's just as well. Because that's what they don't tell them. Hey, you can plead out to charges, go get your AA, and then get out and realize, hey, I'm a felon and nobody will hire me. Because I just filed into the strike. Well, especially when you already have your bachelor's. That just sounds silly. Look, girls, men, 
mm-hmm. they have advantage if they're lucky. Or, or as, so or as, come, uh, they, yeah, well, they they come from backgrounds where you know they come from from communities where going to jail and prison is the norm. Yeah. So they get arrested. It's, it's like they're not like me. They don't. They don't go. Hey, was that warrant even legal? Did you even? Did you even get a legal warrant? They just go. Oh yeah, that's what happened. I got caught up. I got caught up. I caught a chase. Then I got caught up, and then I caught a chase in, in jail. Hmm. That's what they do. They get arrested, then they get caught up. As they as they say it, so they get arrested. And then they don't think about the legality of the case, and then they just go, "Oh, yeah, well, I want to know, I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, cut a deal on this," and they go to prison. Rinse repeat, rinse repeat. Yeah. And especially in the district I'm in, in San Bernardino County, you know, this is some they call it the armpit of Southern California for a reason. So the average educational very low. A lot of these people are drug addicts and gang members, and so they don't ask these questions. For them, it's just a part of the normal course of their lives, and they get caught up, catch a case, and then they go, oh, you got to cut a deal, cut a deal with the DA. Oh, yeah, no, it's not too bad. I got, you know, 10 years and 50%. I'm only going to do it for three years, you know. And they off they go. And, and I'm in here going, no, I didn't do this. This warrant, these warrants aren't even legal. No. And I'm looking at this saying, hey, this warrant's not legal. This is illegal. What you're doing to me is illegal. And then they're going, oh, oops. Turns out this decor isn't as stupid as we thought. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because guess what? I'm not from here. I'm from Orange County, which is actually an expensive area. So I might look like just some dumb spit forward to them, but I'm not from out here. So I'm problematic. So they're like, okay, well, just make her life hell. Just make her sit in the black mold, make her very uncomfortable until she's so miserable that she either kills herself or bleeds out. Or dies of an illness. Yeah, or dies of an illness, gets cancer, gets black mold poisoning, etc. That's their current modus operandi. And now the quote-unquote detective, Detective Donald Patton, is in here being Sergeant Donald Patton. And he's like, oh, okay, well, he's telling all his minions, especially the, a lot of the um, female deputies who are extremely, extremely, they're looking for every single minor infraction on me they can get to give me, you know, senseless discipline. Which is easy because they're like, oh, this fucking bitch, this fucking bitch porn star, we'll show her. Oh, you're not wearing your green shirt? Discipline. Flying to staff. Discipline. 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 What's your color for your discipline? So there's that affirmative action hiring at work. I mean, these are women who really couldn't pass physical. Oh, you're not wearing your green shirt? That's a discipline. You know. Really? If, if, if this wouldn't get you in trouble, I would make a joke and like, so you want to take this outside? I would if, if if it wouldn't get you in trouble. I would say take say this as a joke. Tell them to take. Can we we can take this outside if you want? Like oh no, that's that's a that's a very serious discipline. Yeah. So the like, threatening a police officer. Oh yeah, that's like thirty days. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a very like yeah. That's very serious. Goodness, they, very, they, very serious. they must they must really they must be really pissed off that you're you're still like really hot. <laughs> you know it's a really really well and I'm sure a lot of it is Donald Patton. Sergeant Donald Patton. Who is going out of his way to say, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that oh she's well I'm so I know I'm she's scumbag, scumbag, she's a scumbag. Never just one. I mean, it's it's literally like something out of the Gulag Archipelago. It's 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 like Stalinist Russia. If you, I mean, there should be some law that a detective on an active case should be allowed to have an, any active role in handling an inmate. So you know what he does? He sends his best butt buddy, is this guy named Corporal Castillo, over to affirm my last discipline. Now the guy's a corporal. He's not even a sergeant. He goes to lunch every day with Patton. I see them. I see them walk out. And, and you know, I had complained about Patton to Castillo. He goes, "Oh no, no, not not Sergeant Patton. He's a very ethical person." Oh yeah, yeah, he's very ethical. Sure. That's why he. That's why he arrested me with an illegal arrest warrant and an illegal search warrant, which, by the way, had had the wrong date on it. Yeah. This is how corrupt all of this is. It's a this corporal, who is not a sergeant, who she had no authority to uphold my discipline, comes over and upholds it because Pat knew he couldn't do it himself, and he was sergeant on staff that day, so he sends his his little butt buddy over to do it. Ten days for a green shirt. Absurd. Absurd. I mean, it's it's like, it, and I'm I'm watching all this going. Wow. I'm living through this, and I'm thinking people wouldn't believe this if I if they didn't see it. They would think, "Oh, no, you're being you're being uh, dramatic." Because people get ten days for like fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, you got ten days for not wearing the right gang colors, pretty much. Yeah, I got I got ten days for not wearing. Shirt over my white t-shirt and underneath my jacket. Why do you need a jacket if you're indoors? It's it's just part of my style. But it's, you know, it's just a, it's just a petty minor infraction. It's like the kind of thing that you you know laugh on the ring. And they just yeah. But I mean, I'm, but my, my my point is, I was targeted for it, and and it's because the detective on my case is working as a sergeant overseas. He also gave Jason a charge, a charge, an actual charge, for having a weapon in the jail because he had a razor that you could buy on the kiosk mm. attached to a pencil with saran wrap that he was using to trim his beard. That's not a weapon. That's something that you buy on commissary. You have one minute left. Typically, that charge is reserved for, hey, I smuggled in a knife. Yeah. Right? Or made a shank. Or made a shank that's actually dangerous and can hurt somebody. Not, oh, a razor that you purchased on commissary was attached and so you could shave your beard more effectively. I mean, those things don't even make paper cuts. They barely cut hair. 
they actually charged him with having a weapon while in custody. A felony. It's an extreme overuse of power. And there's no oversight here. And, and, and the judge that we have to see is the judge whose name is on the bulk warrant. Right. So, so the judge that we have to see, or the court reporter, that judge, her name is on the warrants that are questionable at best. And what I asked before to change courtrooms, my prior attorney was very, very adamant that we not do so. Seems suspicious, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you could kind of also kind of look at it like I'm playing devil's advocate right now, right? So please don't get mad. I mean, it could be if, like, if you advocate to change courtrooms that can make you seem adversarial and you, you won't get a good um, outcome from the judge. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it also makes me question. So here's this warrant that mm. was drawn up, has this woman's name on it, signed with an X mark. It was, it was not filed. There's nothing, there's no legality to it. And it makes me wonder if this person is in on it, and it's like, oh yeah, go ahead and just drop whatever fake warrants you want in my name, and I'll just pretend they're real. Hmm. And we'll all just be in on this together. Because when I'm, so the few times I've been in different courtrooms, because sometimes she's not there, and I'll get a different, I'll get a different judge. And those other judges, for whatever reason, have been like, hey, like, I had this one white guy, and he's like, you know what, I think Ms. Smith is tired of this and wants to wrap this case up. And I'm like, yes, thank you. I am, and I agree. And yes, I do. And yet, whenever I'm in West's courtroom, she's like, oh, okay. Like, they'll be like, do you want to set it forward six weeks? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And she's like, oh, okay, sure, six weeks, no problem. And I'm like, no, I don't want to set it forward six weeks. What are you, what are you doing? And she has no problem kicking that can right down. And yet these other judges have, absolutely seem to understand that I don't want to do this. I find that to be strange. And keep in mind that this county has a pecuniary interest in keeping us here for years. They make money on our housing. Like you would think, I mean, if they're going to keep you there for long, at least uh, like put you somewhere where you could like work or something and do something. No, like, they can't do they can't do that. That's technically that's not legal. They can do it in prison. Yeah. But they can't because like we're held in lockdown. They have workers that are sentenced. Once you're a sentenced person, a sentenced body in here, then yeah, they'll put they'll put them to work and they work them to the bone. They work them like twelve, fifteen hour days. So like twenty five cents a day. Basically human it's horrible. The workers here are treated horribly. I mean, he has to, like, he must have realized his mistake and he's trying to cover it up because I'm like, I, I Googled his name and all it seems, oh, uh, Donald Patton. Yeah. And it, all it seems is he, he just focuses on getting child molesters. Yeah, but well, that's all he does. That's his, that was his. That's his little piece of, you know, law enforcement. So, he didn't do his job fully because he's thinking, slam dunk, why bother doing any real investigative work? Right. And oh, yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm 
sure that was it. He that's why he didn't bother to draw anything up legally because he thought, oh, I'm going to find a treasure. He he said this in the press. He said, oh, there's a treasure trove of evidence. And then when there wasn't a treasure trove, now he doesn't know what to do. All he found was a bunch of very legal pornography, which is probably on his private stuff. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that's what he's into. I'll put it that way. Oh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with liking fat girls. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no one gonna shame me. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not really his type. I mean, I I I have a I have a uh, a spectrum, kind of like you. You you, you're a spectrum. I, I have a spectrum. Exactly. You know, he was he was very very lenient on uh, rather uh, routine, and he, that was the only person that he was regarding discipline. That okay, yeah, no. So you know, I that's what stands to reason. <laughs> Support your theorem. Yeah, so he likes he likes the rat chop. So so he's basically well, eager. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I go that far. Okay. Um, so what else? I mean, you got the judge, the judges are in, uh, well, the, the, the detective who's now in, uh, in charge of the jail that you're in, which seems like a conflict yeah. of interest. Um, yeah, huge. Yeah. It, I mean, it's the whole thing. The whole thing is like, it's like a, it's like a Russian novel, except that everyone in here seems to bomb it. I don't think I I I know a girl named Ebonics. Really? No. The best the best her mom could come up with us. Yeah, it's like hey. This is my this is my this is my daughter Ebonics Bonics Lee. Like huh? <laughs> she was Japanese. So no I'm just kidding. <laughs> and they are very multicultural people. I I would like to go there one day. No, I, I, I'm into anime, so, you know. Yeah. They're very creative. Yeah, this, the stories are very superior, are superior to to the comics that we have here. Oh, they do have a mastery of it. Yeah. Uh, they do focus, uh, fo- they focus more on uh, character development. But anyways, um, <laughs> before we get on the official tangent, Mm-hmm. I'm in a shithole. You know, I think the only person who can get me out of here, well, there's two people. It's either Rob Bossa or Gavin Newsom. Who? That's what I've come to. Who's the first Gavin person? Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Rob Bossa. Rob Bossa. He's the attorney general in okay. California. So what, what we're going to need you guys to do is take this episode and tweet the hell out of it. Gavin Newsom, and I say this because you know what? Here's something that came out of 
Gavin Newsom, he said that he likes the Tea Party. Now, I can't imagine Trump ever saying, I like Antifa. You know what? I appreciate their vigor. Well, I can appreciate I can appreciate somebody who can actually say, you know what? I appreciate the other side. I maybe don't agree with their politics, but I appreciate some of their methods. You know, there's something to be said for that. And the reason I say this, and this is something that all of you need to take to heart. When you take a look at the people who, on January 6th, are, there are a lot of people who are going to be sitting in prison because of this. You guys need to understand, Trump's not coming to rescue you. It's not happening. He's not going to win. Sidney Powell and all those people, they're, they're all rolling over on him. Trump's not coming. The best you can hope for is that you're going to have a guy like Gavin Newsom who uh, is going to pardon you. And I say this because, look, like the guy who who tried to uh, tried to assassinate Truman, he was pardoned by Jimmy Carter. Mm. Most people don't know that, right? So it's, it'll be somebody like a Gavin Newsom who is going to pardon these January 6th people. It would take somebody who's broad-minded enough to say, hey, look, what these people was misguided because they were led by a buffoon. But I don't think that they're a danger to America, and I think we need to let them go. And it's going to take somebody who's a centrist, who's a center of the aisle, Democrat. Somebody in the vein of a Bill Clinton. And that's what we need. We need somebody who's a center of the aisle person. And it's not going to come out of the Republican Party. And I hate that. I hate that because I'm a Republican. And but I'm, Trump is driving everybody off the fucking ledge right now. I mean, and I know people are going to kill me for this one, but you guys can keep Enrique. Give us back, give us back, uh, 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 Briggs. Give us back Briggs. You can keep Enrique. How's about that as a as a deal? No. Wait, wait, repeat that. The uh, that the people are gonna hate me for saying this, but they can keep Enrique, Enrique Tadio. Just oh, give yeah. give us back Biggs. Give us back Joe Biggs. Yeah. Absolutely. Because. I don't know him. 
Mm. It sounds like he was a federal informant. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what does that tell you, too? Like, I mean, here's what people don't understand about the government. They will absolutely let you walk. Right? I mean, the feds didn't have his back. I mean, and Trump didn't have these people's back. And this is why I'm trying to tell everybody, look, you guys need to really... Because what every, we, are, we are facing down one of the most dangerous leaders of history, who is Vladimir Putin. And we need to come together and go, look, we need a real statesman right now, a real one. Somebody with some education and somebody who is better bred than Trump, who knows how to speak to me, who is just shooting. And it's not DeSantis. We need somebody who presents well, somebody who understands technology, and is used to leading a big economy. And I think that guy is Gavin Newsom. I really think so. And I'm not just saying this because I think Gavin Newsom could, you know, get me the hell out of jail. I mean, that's a plus. But after reading, you know, I read his book because I read a lot of of political books. And I thought, you know what? This guy's impressive. He's impressive. And I'm watching him trace around all over the globe. And he re- he's received well by China. That's what we need. We need China to rethink their alliance with Russia. Come on, guys. Do we really, really want to go off this cliff with Trump? Think about it. I, I just, I, I'm not understanding this. I feel terrible for Biggs. I, I do. Mm. I mean, I would write him, but, you know, he didn't write me, so. Yeah, so I would say, the, you know, the, the one person besides you, of course, mm-hmm. that has really supported me in here is Gavin McKay. And um, so I I love I love that man. I take a bullet for Gavin McKinnon. But Gavin McKinnon is, he's smart. You know, he knew, he, he saw which way the wind was blowing. And there's, that's why he wasn't there. He wasn't there January 6th. That's why he's not in prison. Yeah. Because he knew it wasn't set up. I mean, they've been trying to put him in prison for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially after uh, the rumble that happened uh, five years ago outside the Republican Club in, in New York City when, yeah. when uh, two of my brothers went to jail for defending themselves. And there was Look. no, there was no, there was no victim because no one wanted to come forward to make a, to make a complaint. Exactly. But look, after, after that, Gavin saw how, how this was going. And Gavin's intelligent. And he and I have talked about this. And I've mm-hmm. already told him, I, I am a hundred percent sure. I, you know, I, I could be wrong. Any of us can be wrong, but like it's like I knew that last election was going to go to Biden. Everybody thought for sure it was going to be Trump, and I really thought it was going to be Biden, and I told him that. I really think this next election is going to Gavin Newsom. I'm calling that now. Mm. There's a lot of time, and I really think, and, and you know what? I really hope it does, because he is a more competent statesman than Biden is. Biden is a liability. His son is a liability. And Newsom has connections with, like, Bill Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and a lot of the D.C. establishment. 
he's oh his father was uh, Jerry Brown's campaign manager. He understands technology. He's already managed a large state. Usually, governorship is kind of a prepping ground to be president. And I think he's a lot more moderate than people realize. I don't think I don't just I don't think Trump is the guy. And I think that everybody's just jumping on the cliff with him. And they don't realize the problem with Trump too is he's not willing to take it. And that really terrifies me. Hey, I, I you know I don't know if there's like a list out there of how many people have gone to prison because of Trump. But every Trump supporter should take that to heart. Because this is not like, this is not the Revolutionary War. You know, we're not fighting for our freedom here. Trump is not promising you anything. And that's, this is what I don't think people understand. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. I mean, I can keep, I can keep telling you about how miserable jail is, but... What do you have for me? Um, well, this is this is your podcast, so um <laughs> Well, I I don't you know what I don't get like I can I read the news. Yeah. And I'm surprised sometimes that because I read so I read the newspaper. And because I read the newspaper and I read it carefully. Now I get I read the nitty gritty of the newspaper and I'm surprised when I read the newspaper how much more of a story I get that when I talk to people who are on the outside and they'll read the same story and they won't have the same level of detail that I have. That's usually what it is because I've been um, watching a TikTok TikToker that he's been in jail so he educates people on on prison etiquette. Yeah, and he says that um, a lot of prisoners are well informed when it comes to the news because that's all they have to consume. That's all they have to do is is read uh, and consume the news. So they they become very well versed in in news and politics because of that. Yeah, it's well, you know, so it's a little harder in here in jail. I don't get, I don't have TV news. Right. I get the newspapers, that's it. Um, I have read, I don't know, I've read hundreds and hundreds of them. And most of them, I mean, that's why I laugh at the idea of, like, oh, you can go to prison and get an AA or a bachelor's degree. Because most of the books I've read are at least master's degree or PhD degree, you know, level history books. Some of them are really obscure. And... It's because I have nothing else to do. So I'll talk to a friend of mine who has like several master's degrees in Middle Eastern politics, uh, world history. And uh, I'm constantly recommending books to him. And once I find an author I like, then I'll read all of that person's books. I'll read, you know, other books. I'm just, I mean, some of them are, a lot of times I'll, I'll find obscure textbooks that are out of print. Mm. I'll read those. And uh, for a while I was studying Mandarin. Uh, it's just for want of something to do all day. And which is great. Sometimes so so can anyone you know, send you books? Like, is there a way for the people to like to send you books to read? Yeah, you can sure, you can send me books. Uh, send them. But they have to come from an official bookseller. Mm. So it has to be Amazon or Thrift Books. 
those two. I think eBay's okay. I'm not sure, but you can't send me like your book from oh. your. You, you can't send me a book you read, for example. Yeah. They will reject that, and they have to be soft cover. Yeah. So I've used my time well in here. Mm. Um, I mean, I spent. I went down the rabbit hole of Romanov history. Uh, Chinese history, history of Americas. I mean, you name it. I've gone down that rabbit hole. And there's always more to read. There's always more to read, especially Roman history, you know, history of Europe. You can always, you can always find something in Europe. So there's no great loss without some small gain, as they say. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, have you read any conspiracy theory? Um, that could be interesting. One of my favorite recent conspiracy books, this is great, this is about Putin, is mm. uh, From Russia with Blood. Mm. It was written by an author who worked at BuzzFeed, although BuzzFeed knew closed, didn't it? Um, yeah. She's a female author from BuzzFeed called From Russia with Blood, and it details how... Putin went after Berezovsky and specifically Berezovsky, but several others, uh, to silence them. But, you know, Berezovsky is a real asshole. And there's another great book called The Oligarchs, which details the, the come-up of all of these guys in the 90s and how they, they made a tremendous amount of money on the privatization of nationalized companies in Russia. I forget the name, the author of the oligarchs. Called the oligarchs. And, but see, here's, here's the thing. This is why, I mean, I really admire Putin. He's, this is why he's so dangerous. Because these, these guys, these oligarchs, when Russia was privatized, there's all this money to be made. And, I can't remember if we've spoken about this, but um, when they privatized these different companies, oil, media, I mean, even a cookie biscuit company, they privatized this, this wealth, and there was a tremendous amount of money to be made, and five or six guys made it, but the thing is, they offshored all this wealth. I mean, they sucked up all this money, and then a lot of them were, you know, offshoring into the Cayman Islands, other places like this. Yeah, the Pan the Panama it. Papers. The Panama Papers. Yeah, the, that reminds me of the Panama Papers, where um, it it turned out a lot of these uh, rich people were. Oh, what is it? What the hell comes to my head? The Panama Papers, because I know uh, Putin got caught up in that. Oh, I don't. I don't know about that. I thought the Panama Papers had something to do with like a rock contra. Oh, here it is. Boom. Um. The Panama, uh, the Panama Papers exposing the rogue offshore f uh, finance industry. The offshore what industry? Finance industry. Oh, the offshore finance industry. Interesting. The Panama Papers. That, and I know Putin what, got caught up in that. What year was that? Um, what is this? Where are the key Panama Papers figures and set? So, so the news that. Oh. Okay, that was a recent article in 2020. Do quick research right now. 
So take this with a grain of salt with Wikipedia. The Panama Papers are a are an eleven and a half million uh million leaked documents over two point six terabytes of data that when published beginning on April third, twenty sixteen. The papers okay. detail financial and attorney information for more than 214,488 offshore entities. Uh, the documents, some dating back to the 1970s, were created by and leaked from former Panamanian offshore law firm and corporate service provider uh, Musabak Fonseca and uh, compiled with similar leaks into the search into a searchable database. The documents uh, contain uh, personal financial information about wealthy individuals and public officials that had previously been kept private. I'm surprised you haven't heard right. about that. Okay, yeah, no, I don't, I don't recall. I mean, if I read about it, I don't remember the exact term, the Panama Papers. But um, let me see. I'm going to Amazon. So the only, so, but that book covers kind of the same thing. And what happened? Well, the police did a big cleanup job, though. He went after these guys. He went after these guys for offshoring a bunch of Russian wealth in a kind of nationalist. See, here's, here's what's interesting about Putin, is that he didn't get caught up in that. Not the same way that, not the same way that these guys, see, they all offshored a bunch of wealth and then left Russia. Like, Derezovsky went to the UK. Um, he's very nationalistic. He's very pro-Russia. He's actually what what the Trump people think Trump is. <laughs> That's what makes Putin so dangerous, mm. is he's actually far more pro-Russian, and he kept his hands really clean, especially in the 90s. How clean they are now, I don't know. But as far as the financials, he he hunted down these guys who raped Russia of a long wealth, and then systematically eliminated them. Mm. Which the Russians want. So, you know, that's. So it's kind of a different mentality. Because, you know, most American politicians are very. Um, not only are they power hungry, but they're money hungry, right? Right. And they can be bought off. Putin doesn't really operate like that. Like, you can't go to Putin and be like, hey, I'm going to give you 10 million or billion dollars to sell out Russia. It's not like that. That's what makes him so dangerous. It's a very different mentality. Okay, so I fa- I found the book. Uh, it's called yeah, the, pa- the well, no, the the Panama Papers, breaking the oh, okay. story of how the rich and powerful hide their money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, that's that's not surprising, but that's that's why it's interesting to me because they try. They, if you read a lot about Putin, which I have, I've read mm-hmm. a lot about him because I have nothing else to do. They try their best to smear him as though he's one of those guys who's busy, like, offshoring his wealth. 
but the thing about Putin is he's not really like that because he's not busy traipsing all around the world. Like, you don't really see Putin outside of Russia. Like, a lot of the other Russian oligarchs, yeah, they do that. They they offshore their wealth. And well, it says, here's, here's an article that I found from The Guardian, so I don't know how well trusted they are, but revealed the $2 billion offshore trail that leads to Vladimir Putin. Yeah, well, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that they're going to run every smear article that's kept him. He's been able to execute people. Like, he was able to take, he was able to have his assassins take Polonium. But why would Vladimir rarely leave Russia want to offshore his wealth? Does that make sense? Don't know. I mean, like, I mean, what what good would that do him unless he unless he's offshoring it, also finding a way to bring it back in? There are a lot of oligarchs who do that. They'll offshore wealth, and then they'll buy their kids like apartments in New York. Like that was really common. Uh, penthouses in New York were Russian owned, and these yachts in you know Europe were Russian owned, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what that was the first line of defense that Russia You have one minute left invaded Ukraine, they started seizing all of those assets, right? Mm-hmm. But Putin was totally unseized. Hmm. So I mean it's just something to think about. Mm-hmm. He's hiding out in some bomb proof bunker somewhere. Again, that's why he's so dangerous. Because you never hear them say, Oh, we seized Vladimir Putin's yacht. Why is that? Hmm. Don't know. I mean, they they say he has a super yacht, so he, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have one. But he's a he's a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend reading him. If you want to understand what's happening on the planet right now, read about Vladimir Putin. Hmm. Like this is not all happening by accident, you know. But is he a bad guy? Well, I mean, that's a relative term. It's a relative term. I mean, you know. I mean, bad guy to us. I mean, if, you know what? If you if you want Russia to be great again, then Vladimir Putin is an excellent guy. Mm-hmm. He's making Russia great again. So what's up with these reports that say that even his own generals don't trust him? Well, that's, I mean, that's American news, isn't it? Yeah. That's American propaganda. I don't know. I think he's done a pretty good job sucking America dry of its armory. I think it's all been very well played. America exhausted itself in Afghanistan, then pulled out, and then at, at a point when our military is weakest, he created a war in the Ukraine. Zelensky's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, getting us to drain, drain our armory and our funds to support this no-win war. And then right around the time that our armory is pretty well exhausted, suddenly Hezbollah gets Hamas to stage this whole kerfuffle in Israel. And, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, Putin has a pretty strong arm in Iran, and, oh, they're still in Syria. Because we tried to oust Bashar al-Assad, like, what, 2011, and we couldn't do it. And Russia's there, too. I'd say it's pretty well played. Hmm. You know what? I mean, Biden's going to construct a strongly worded letter. <laughs> I mean, come on. Joke. And then you have Trump saying, oh, let's do what we want. Let's do what we want. Let's cut a deal with him. 
part of a deal, part of a deal. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. We're stupid men. Hmm. It's like, <laughs> it's like when um, they tried to negotiate with Stalin. <laughs> After World War II, and Stalin would sit there drawing, sit there doodling pictures of wolves all day. And then at the end of it, he'd be like, no, no deal. And he'd walk out. Why even stick around, though? What? Why even stay in the room if you weren't going to make a deal? Just walk out. Because he, you know, because he said he would sit there and go, first he'd show up late, then yeah. he'd sit there, listening, he would sit there and deal with Churchill and, and FDR pontificating all day. Well, he drew pictures of wolves, and at the end he'd go, no, no deal. And he'd leave. Hmm. Yeah. Well, shit. Anyway, that's enough of my pontificating for the day. Okay. If they've lasted that long, I don't know. Um. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I would. Well, because you love me, and I love you, and thank you for anyone who's listening. TV noise is driving me crazy. I can't take it anymore. Okay. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, if you guys want to send me books to further my knowledge of whatever the hell's going on in the world, do it. Hopefully, I. Uh, yeah, just know, don't don't send I'll... don't send the book that says how to break out of jail. Okay, you know what? They won't let you have the free rule of the power here. Apparently, that is a break out of jail book, according to them. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Sure, sure. Send me books. Yeah. Send me books you think I haven't read. So I'll put the that. I'll put your information in the description of the podcast. Thank you. And uh, that would yeah. be great. So. All right. Well, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. So we'll keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what books can I recommend? Oh, I um, you know what I can recommend to you guys? Mm-hmm. Get uh, Simon Montefiore's book on Jerusalem. If you want to understand what's going on there right now. Get that book. It's a great book. Amazing book. Wonderful book. Masterful. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Also, get, um, what else can I recommend you guys? So many books. Any book by Paul Johnson. Any book by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, get, uh, get, uh, Gavin Newsom's book. Get to Mr. Bill. Tweet this podcast about him. And Rob Bonta. And, uh, yeah, tell Gavin, uh, McGinnis, I say hi. Mm-hmm. Tweet this at him, too. I guess he has a Twitter now. Or X. It's yeah. an X now. Yeah. X him. X him. X him. But don't yeah. X him, but, you know, send, send this to him through X. That's just a terrible, terrible name change. It is. Where do you think he's Elon? Terrible. Uh, he just likes X. I mean, you know. It's awful. It's just awful. You know what? It's just terrible. <laughs> terrible branding. Anyway, all right. Love you guys. Yeah. I will talk to you guys next time. The caller has hung up.